Hello. Hello, hello. Hello. Okay, hold on. Let me put on Do Not Disturb. I can't oh. find it. Every time. <laughs> Bro. Okay, there it is. The iPhone got a new update and I can't find it. Oh, hold on. Ah. How the f- <gasps> Did you find it? Oh, God. There goes Peyton already. I found it, but you're not on speaker. Oh, God. This is a mess. Uh, okay, give me give me one second. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> Gonna have to cut this out of the episode. Okay, hello? Hello. <laughs> can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, sick. Awesome. Okay. That worked out perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm using okay. my AirPods instead this time because I was like, I can't put you on speaker, but also like I want to figure out how to do this with my airpods because i feel like the microphone would be better oh so, yeah possible. It, it worked this time nice yeah how are you oh you know just dandy as ever dandy i saw you made your thanksgiving cheese ball of course you know because thanksgiving is tomorrow as we're recording or no yeah tomorrow yeah i was like i got confused i was like why am i off today that's right <laughs> I'm so jealous. Well, you know, like you had to go and move down to Florida. I mean, I was in Colorado before that, so it's not like I was moving away from you guys. Well, no, but where you are in Florida is a lot farther than where you were in Colorado. I mean, yeah, slightly. <laughs> By a few hours, slightly. But hey, I I had the option to come out for Thanksgiving, but I said no because I would rather come out for Christmas. So, which I get because I came out for Thanksgiving last year, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think I came out for Thanksgiving last year, and then I couldn't come out for Christmas because I thought I had COVID. So, <laughs> right, that's right. I remember that. So yeah. Okay. All right. Well, do you have anything new, any shit from the pit that we could call? No shit, not. I, I actually do, and you're going to think okay. it's hilarious. Oh boy, here we go. Okay, so I, I've been living here for a little over a month now, mm-hmm. and I've been a little lonely because I don't have any friends out here. And so I've just like been kind of like anxious and like I get down and I like overthink. I'm like, was this the right decision? Like I'm super lonely and like all this stuff. And I was like, you know what? What have I always done that has always cheered me up? I dance. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to look for a dance studio around here. And then I was like, Randy told me about this, but keep going. (laughs) Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I told Randy about it. Um, (laughs) Um, so I was like, what, I want to try something new. And I was like, what is the one thing that I've never done in the dance world? It's ballroom. I've never done ballroom. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, this would be perfect because it's a, it's a dance genre. That's not super like physically exacerbating. Like it's not going to make me sick. Like it's not mm-hmm. going to stress me out too much. And so I found this ballroom studio pretty close to me and it is so cute because all of the dancers are like over 60 years old (laughs) well you are living in florida (laughs) but the entire snowbird community and retirement community are all down there i mean you're not wrong and everybody (laughs) people cannot drive here because they're all 90 years old they all drive like 15 miles under the speed limit and i'm like i am going to lose it (laughs) (laughs) 
but yeah I found this dance studio they're super cute and they like give private lessons so I'm gonna I had my first lesson last night and it was super cute and oh. I'm excited about it good that's good it's always good to find something to kind of throw yourself into to get your mind state right you know exactly that's good I chose the gym you're choosing dance so there you go exactly <laughs> we're we are doing it we are doing things <laughs> Well, my uh, chick from the pit obviously has uh, Peyton here. Yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> has to do with work this week because it has to do with the full moon. And you know, like every Ooh. full moon, I do this like astral journey with this group that I yes. found. You're supposed to go into like a meditative type state. And it's just, it was getting weird there for a little bit. And I know I had talked about the, I know I had talked about the one before where I had shit hanging. Um, but this time, and I don't know, I'm assuming it's because we did the seven doors thing recently, but we were supposed to, you know, go to this astral place, talk to our shadow selves again, which is like your deep subconscious, you know? Ah, yeah. <clears throat> and I got to there and it was, and it might've been because we were going to be talking, talking about doppelgangers, although I had not done any of my notes yet, but we were supposed to go talk to our shadow selves and you're supposed to, it's either, you know, your shadow self can manifest however you see it and it was an exact replica of myself so I was sitting there talking to myself or supposed to be talking to myself I don't know a lot of these times I can't like ever hear whatever it's saying it's weird but two doors appeared behind my shadow self Uh. yeah it was a blue door and it was a black door and the black door like started shaking and then the black door all of a sudden like appeared at my left hand side next to me in my shadow self like it was like (gasps) with the seven doors game where it was like open me and I literally just had to like (laughs) I full on just I just full on went (sighs) and like blew it away and the thing just like disintegrated and then like all of a sudden I was back to where we needed to be and I was out of my out of my meditative state I was like okay this is not yeah just not gonna do that we're just gonna keep going on with our lives that's amazing it was kind of crazy I mean your mind is such a like a I don't know a crazy thing that's why that that seven doors one like really fucked with me I want to find another yeah another seven doors experience if people have like multiple people have done it I want to find another one yeah I kind of want to try it myself because I feel like I've done things similar Mm -hmm. in the past but unintentionally like I was unintentionally doing it Mm -hmm. um so I would totally try it again, but I'm kind of afraid of my mind because my mind always goes to scary stuff. <laughs> well, you're not supposed to play alone. So when you come back next True. month, we can try it. Ah, yeah, mm-hmm. in your haunted ass house. It's not oh, haunted. No. It's just yes, grandma it and grandpa and your dad pops in every once in a while. Oh my Lord. That's still terrifying. Okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anyhow. So, oh, shoot. like I just kind of spilled the beans, it's doppelganger time, you know. Yes! This week, I'm talking about the actual, like, what a doppelganger is and some things. And Emma, you are? I am talking about the movie Us. Which is a fucked up movie. It's a, yeah, it's a, it's it's about doppelgangers, but it's if your doppelganger was absolutely demented and terrifying and violent (laughs) technically what doppelgangers really are in folklore but we'll get to that a little later on so go ahead and start us off by talking about the movie us okay 
I I will start us off. Okay, so I'm gonna warn you guys. I I get a little passionate about this movie, <laughs> so buckle up. Buckle up. Buckle up. And I think like the the idea of doppelgangers is so cool. And before I start, I want to add this. I thought I found my doppelganger <laughs> a oh. while back. Yeah. Yeah, like my real life doppelganger, like a like um a, a um. Like, you know, in the Vampire Diaries, the Elena and Catherine? Yeah. yeah. I literally thought I found my doppelganger twin. It's this girl in Ireland. And I was, like, scrolling through um, the Instagram Explore page one day. And I found this girl. And I thought it was a picture of me. But I was like, I don't own those clothes. And I've mm-hmm. never been here before. Mm-hmm. And I, like, clicked on it. I was like, holy shit, this girl looks identical to me. And she was, like, some Irish girl. And she was, like she's very like touristy and she like goes to London all the time and like all these crazy places and I DM'd her and I was like you look exactly like me and this was back in high school she never responded to me (laughs) that's rude I know do you remember her name no I don't it was so long ago Uh, so you needed to go back and take a screenshot so we could post her with the episode I know right hey Ellie Ellie Ellie. Oh, oh gosh oh gosh my cat is scratching my door, which is weird because she's never done that. Oh, also, I think my room is haunted. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, the other night I was, I couldn't sleep because I had run out of my, like the medication that I take at night that makes me sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, I ran out of it and the first night never goes well. When I run out, I literally stay up all night. I was up until 8 a.m. And at 3 a.m. I was on my computer and like something hit me. I was like, it you know like those like intuitions you get where like you know that something's like weird Mm -hmm. like I got this feeling I was like something's weird and I looked at the time and it was like exactly three o'clock I was like oh great and literally (laughs) like 14 minutes later a picture that was on my wall in the back of my room like slid down the side of my wall and made the creepiest sound ever I was like I hate my life I'm out of (laughs) here (laughs) oh boy well, okay. it happens. <clears throat> <laughs> it happens. All right. Anyways, so the movie Us is the definition of what modern horror should be, in my opinion. Yeah. Us is one of the kind of like you think could really happen, you know? Yeah. It's it's people based rather than like supernatural based. Exactly. Yeah. It is it's just so different and it was so refreshing. I feel like but yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna get a little bit passionate about this (laughs) so us is one of the only films that I feel truly encapsulates the meaning of the successful reinvention of modern day horror for those listening who don't know already right now I'm pursuing my psychology degree as well as a film studies degree so I take a ton of film analysis classes Um, one of these classes specifically analyzes horror films primarily Western horror, meaning coming from the United States. But we also watched a few foreign films that I want to talk about in an episode down the road with you. Okay. They were pretty good. Um, So in this class, we spoke about a different decade of horror every week, and we got to watch the progression of horror films beginning from the days of silent films. And I just want to touch on these themes briefly, even though I believe I have before. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because I think it's really important to talk about, to preface us, Um, So the more recognizable decade themes would be the most recent. So we have the 80s slasher craze where icons such as Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger, and Jason Voorhees were born. 
And then we had the 90s where serial killers were all the rage. And yes, there is a difference between slasher and serial killer films. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> one, of the mo- one of the most popular being Scream. Mm-hmm. Um, in this decade, we were also given horror staples such as Silence of the Lambs and Candyman. Also, fun fact, Silence of the Lambs was the first horror film to ever win an Academy Award setting a new standard and respect for horror because the genre was really not respected at all before then. Nice. Um, then in the 2000s, we were in the era of found footage films and torture porn slash body horror films. Um, the Blair Witch Project was released at the turn of the century in 1999, and it sparked the craze for found footage films, which is one of my personal favorite genres because they feel more real to me. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they feel more like genuine. Mm-hmm. Um, some examples include Paranormal Activity, Grave Encounters, As Above, So Below, The Gallows, and Unfriended. As Above, which, So Below, we re- definitely need to do, because I really liked that one. Yes, it was so good. And there's so much that we can talk about with that, like all of like the religious and spiritual stuff behind it, for mm-hmm. sure. Oh, yeah. Um, and then body and torture porn horror films examples include The Saw Franchise, Human Centipede, Hostile, Vile, etc. Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> that was honestly, growing up, that was one of my favorite genres. I loved those. I'm just, Human Centipede, I just, can't, like, I watched it, Yeah, get the premise of it, but it is just, it is just disturbingly disgusting. <laughs> yeah, it is, it's a lot. Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like the reason why people love, like, body horror is because it's so shocking and people want to be, like, disturbed, I feel like. Mm-hmm. like I'm the type of person where like I try to find things that truly disturb me and like just make me think and there's one movie that I watched that was the most disturbing thing I've ever seen in my life and I refuse to say the name of it because I refuse to like put that idea into people's head to go and watch it like I will not repeat the name of it <laughs> will you text me it later I'll text you it yes okay but I, I will not say it out loud on this podcast because I truly think that it should not have been made it is the most disgusting disturbing thing i've ever seen okay anyways (laughs) anyways so i bring all this up and i wanted to recap because after 2010 hit the new trend in horror was either a copy and paste old horror tropes and try to make them cleaner and more shocking or Mm -hmm. b directors trying their asses off to make something so artsy and out of the box and this failed 99 percent of the time oh yeah um why is my cat on crack right now that's what i, I want to know. know i don't know <laughs> <laughs> um so the number one thing that absolutely pisses me off about new age horror is everyone trying to be so artsy and creative that they just completely cloud the plot and every other element of their work right like most of the time this just confuses people and or puts a bad taste in their mouth so they can't enjoy the film Two instances where I believe this artsy motivation worked effectively and surprisingly well was Hereditary and Midsummer, mm-hmm. which are both directed and produced by the same person. <laughs> right. Yeah, I knew that. So, I still yeah. haven't been able to see Midsummer yet. It's a good one, and you're going to like it because it's in Sweden. I know. Yeah, you should definitely watch it. Oh, yeah, I need to, but I don't have a working DVD or Blu-ray player because mine took a shit, and it's not on Netflix, oh, so there's that. Damn it. I know. (laughs) Um, So almost every other attempt at this artsy stuff, it it just, 
it flopped incredibly hard. And it honestly made me lose faith in horror for a little while because there are far too many horror films produced in the last 10 years that are just completely useless and a waste of a budget because these visions are not being translated onto the big screen as well as these directors think they will. Mm. Like I've seen three films in theaters this year alone, as well as more not in theaters that I sat there literally depressed afterwards. Like really, like you had a budget like this and you wasted it to publish an absolute trash fire of a movie that will be forgotten in three years or less. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I get so passionate about it. I'm like, you really? Like, how would you think that's a good idea? (laughs) But anyways, so now we have Jordan Peele, the director of Us, as well as Get Out. Yes. So I am so glad that he exists because he's doing everything right and he is helping shape the reinvention of horror and he is proving that it is possible to produce something original and new successfully. Mm -hmm. Because it's more about getting in your mind than anything. Exactly. Yeah, it makes it makes people think, but it's not so far out there that people can't relate to it. Right. Oh, hold on. <laughs> Knew it was gonna happen. <laughs> Both of our animals are freaking hey, out right now. Hey. Sorry. Sorry for everybody's ears. <laughs> You're just gonna listen to it in the background. So eh, whatever. Keep going. Hey. All right. So. Um, yeah, these two films are going to be remembered and loved for generations, ex- especially us. Mm-hmm. So Us is about a family of four, a mother <laughs> named Adelaide, a father named Gabe, a teenage daughter named Zora, and a younger son named Jason, who have just arrived at their vacation house by the coast. Mm-hmm. They go to the beach, and the mother is visibly very anxious and on edge the entire time because something traumatic happened to her as a child at this very same beach. Mm-hmm. Later, when they are at home about to go to bed, Adelaide expresses to Gabe that she doesn't feel like herself and she's very worried. She tells him that when she was a little girl, she wandered off from her parents at this pier on the beach where the fair was going on. She wandered into a remote part of the fair where there was like a fun house type of thing. Which, why do you put it in a remote part of the fair where there's nobody there? Like, I, think, I know. That's just one element that's also made it really creepy because it's, hey, let's put this one off to the side by itself and there's nobody yeah. around. <laughs> and nobody's working it. Nobody's no. in no. it. Like, it's just, yeah, it's so creepy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, when she went into this fun house, she found a little girl who looked completely identical to her. And this event was the root of her trauma. Mm-hmm. and pause if you haven't seen the movie i know that this doesn't sound very scary but trust me just watch it <laughs> yes yeah, spoiler alert this is what this uh entire podcast is about so uh yes still go watch it because we don't you know tap on every single thing in the movie and obviously oh, no. like yeah so still go fucking watch it but yeah yeah um yes yeah, so after this conversation between the mom and the dad about her not feeling like herself um their son their younger son walks into their room <laughs> and notifies the mom and dad that there's a family standing in their driveway oh yeah Doo-doo-doo. four people are indeed standing in the driveway holding hands looking creepy as hell and after gaining access to the house the family discovers that they are identical clones of them just a little more demented looking and they are not exactly friendly uh, nope. Try. Nope. And I'm not going to go further into the description of the plot because, yeah, like we said, just you've got to go watch it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it is a whole ass life changing experience if you truly look at it from an art standpoint and don't just glaze over it. Because if you do that, 
it is definitely going to come off as very strange. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're going to be like, this movie is really, really weird. But if you like actually think about it, like, you know, just, just, just go into it with an open mind is all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to talk about the elements of the film that made me fall in love with it. So for starters, the music. Oh mm-hmm. my God. <laughs> like The music and the sound effects are absolutely genius and incredibly effective. They're so unique and sharp and it keeps the audience engaged throughout the entire film. So most of like the sound effects and like the creepy parts of the film are backed by like um, orchestra type mm-hmm. elements, mm-hmm. Uh, type, type music. I don't know how to say that. I'm not a <laughs> music major. <laughs> um, so and the use of the song I Got Five on it and making a creepy ass remix of it to utilize later on in the film was absolutely like groundbreaking. That was honestly my favorite part of the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Um, when you guys rewatch this movie, try to focus on the music and the sound, sound effects being utilized because the film nerd in me has never been more satisfied. Like literally when the like when they're just walking around or like the normal scenes are happening, just like listen closely to what the music mm-hmm. is doing. Mm-hmm. So second, the brief and the effortless moments of comedic relief, I think were done incredibly well. Mm-hmm. The cast made these funny mo- moments so genuine and hilarious and it made the movie so well-rounded. So it's not just a scary movie. Like they have like these elements of comedic relief where it just, it makes it so well-rounded and you feel like you've felt every emotion when you've watched this movie, you know? Yeah. It makes you uh, let your guard down at certain points, but then all of a sudden it like, exactly right back on in there. Exactly. It like makes you comfortable because when you watch like a traditional horror film where it's just scary 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 it's like you are constantly in this like fear state but in this movie with that comedy it kind of it makes you like more comfortable Mm -hmm. and yeah I think it was done really well (laughs) (laughs) um my my favorite funny moment was where where the daughter argues that she should be the driver at one point because she has the highest kill count of the family (laughs) that absolutely sent me (laughs) Um, Yeah, and so now I want to talk about the creepy factor because I've never seen creepy done so well in a long time. Mm -hmm. Like, it isn't too much or too in your face, but it is just enough to, like, genuinely disturb you. Mm -hmm. Elizabeth Moss's character, when she's looking in the mirror and slicing her own jawline with the scissors while smiling and then looking out the window, crying without making a sound, is my favorite part of the entire film because it is so disturbing and so beautiful at the same time. And this is the one that's the mother, correct? Uh, yeah, the mom of the white family. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. A tiny spoiler, but it won't ruin the movie. So, <laughs> uh, and <laughs> that's what this is about. You're talking about like, essentially, it's it's that every single person in the world supposedly has a doppelganger. That's what this yes. movie is, is about. Yes, everybody has a doppelganger, and they're they're trying to retaliate. Finally, yes. And <laughs> I wrote this in my notes when I was writing this because um, I wrote these notes the night when I didn't get any sleep and crazy <laughs> stuff was happening in my bedroom. Oh, nice. I wrote this in my notes. I said, I just realized that the more I talk about this movie, the more I think I need therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it's so beautiful how this character is slicing her own face and smiling into the mirror. I'm like, yeah, I need therapy. <laughs> I mean, just maybe. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, so I don't know how to 
say the main character's name, the Lupita Nyong'o. Neo- yeah. Nyong'o? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Lupita and Elizabeth Moss absolutely killed their roles. Like, mm-hmm. wow. Like, they hands down won the creepy contest between the actors. Mm-hmm. The way that Lupita talks when she's acting as Adelaide's doppelganger is the definition of spine chilling, especially in the first scene that she speaks, like when they get into the house. Mm. Oh, oh my god! Yeah, because it's not like a. Her voice isn't a normal voice, isn't it? It sounds more like a, like a strained. It's it's super strained because she's been in the tunnels for so long. Oh god, I don't mm. want to give away too much. Um, she it, hasn't been able to speak. That's right. Yeah, since she's been away for so long, like, she can't, like, she literally cannot speak because, like, they don't talk to each other, you know? It reminds me of The Godfather, (laughs) in a way. I need to watch that movie again because I forgot everything about it. (laughs) Oh, my God. But it's so strange. (laughs) Like that, kind of. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Which is cool Um, if somebody's talking to you like that, like, excuse you. (laughs) Oh, my God, yes. It's so creepy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, also, if you're the kind of person who believes in, like, spiritual elements, such as, like, angel numbers and signs and coincidences like we do, you'll love this movie. Mm-hmm. I love how they, like, integrated all of that because, I mean, I feel like, especially in recent years, like, spirituality and, like, repetitive numbers and, like, just spiritual type stuff has become, like, more accepted and more popular and you're not seen as, like, a weirdo for believing in these things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I like it. <laughs> all right. So, I'm going to stop ranting now and tell you all some fun facts. <laughs> so, the tagline for the film is, we are our own worst enemy. True story. I love it. I absolutely love it. So true. Mm-hmm. Um, Jordan Peele gave the cast 11 horror films to watch so that they would have a shared language when filming and these films include Jaws Dead Again The Shining mm. The Babadook Ooh. It Follows which we just talked about mm-hmm. A Tale of Two Sisters mm. The Birds Oh boy huh. <laughs> Yeah Funny Games, mm. Martyrs, hmm. Let the Right One In. I don't know that one. And The Sixth Sense. Hmm. Yeah, I mean they're all great movies. Um, a Tale of Two Sisters. I know that that's a Japanese film, and they made a um, American version later on called The Uninvited, and I really liked that movie. Oh yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah, I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, that, yeah. yeah. Side note, Sue hates the movie. Uh, the birds? <laughs> yeah, she hates that movie. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's funny. I'm honestly kind of afraid of birds too, so I, I feel her. <laughs> I mean, those fuckers should come down and just like peck you and fly away. Like, come on now. Yes, they're terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so the filmmakers did not need to do much work on the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk, as many games and rides are originals going far back as the 1910s. Also, indeed, there is an underground tunnel system under the boardwalk, though it is mostly used for storage and a shelter in case of an emergency. And there is no Hall of Mirrors, as shown in the film. No Hall of... Where is that? Oh. Like the fun house? The fun house isn't a thing. (laughs) Gotcha. 
Um, another fun fact. Have you seen The Lost Boys? Oh, yeah. So, like The Lost Boys, which came out in 1987, mm-hmm. several key scenes take place on the Santa Cruz Beach mm-hmm. Boardwalk. And this is even referenced in-universe when Adelaide's mother says, you know, they're shooting a movie over there by the carousel. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Um, the words Get Out, which was the title of Jordan Peele's previous film, can be mm. seen carved into the sides of the entrance of the Hall of Mirrors. Oh, uh, yeah. Yes, yes. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, the Bible verse that continuously appears in the film, which is Jeremiah eleven eleven, reads, Therefore thus said the Lord, Behold, I will bring evil upon them, which they shall not be able to escape, and though they shall cry unto me, I will not hearken unto them. Mm. Yeah. I guess I don't remember ever seeing it. <laughs> you don't remember seeing the Jeremiah eleven eleven? Mm-mm. Dude. It's the, 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 like, homeless guy. He's the first guy. Yeah. I, I, oh, I okay. The homeless guy. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. The homeless guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So Duke Nicholson, this one, this fact really confused me, but it says Duke Nicholson's characters are named Danny and Tony. So him and his doppelganger is named Danny and Tony. Mm-hmm. And Jordan Peele told him to play the part like Lloyd, the bartender from The Shining not realizing at the time that he is Jack Nicholson's grandson. Ah. Which, this confused me because I searched up Duke Nicholson and I was like, I don't remember this kid in the movie. Like, I don't remember seeing him. I'm pretty sure he was one of the guys, like, working on the boardwalk at one of the games or something. Because mm. he makes a, he has a very, very small part. Like, I don't even think he has lines, which was why I was confused. <laughs> gotcha. Yes. So during the filming at the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk, the rides were all filled with dummies and then CGI was used to create the moving people. Oh. Which is interesting because they look very real. (laughs) They do, yeah. Grossed at 71 million over its United States opening weekend, the highest ever for an original horror film and the second highest for an original live action film after Avatar's 77 million. Mm which is huge. (laughs) The overhead shot of the Wilsons driving to the vacation home, along with the synchronized speech and mannerisms of the twins, is a reference to The Shining. Mm, Yeah. There there are tons of Shining references. Mm -hmm. Jason Blum, who had produced Jordan Peele's previous movie, Get Out, was asked to produce this one as well. As his low-budget production company, Blumhouse, could not come up with the necessary budget, Universal Pictures hired him as a producer outside of his company on a one-time basis. Hmm. Which I love Blumhouse horror movies. I think they're amazing. (laughs) They're usually pretty good. They did Don't Breathe as well, which Mm. is a newer one that's really good. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, the presence of white rabbits, the Hall of Mirrors, and the red jumpsuits worn by the tethered are all references to Alice in Wonderland. What are the red jumpsuits? Red, like, where's that in Alice in Wonderland? So it says the Hall of Mirrors, in particular, represents through the looking glass, <laughs> through the looking glass, while mm-hmm. the red suits represent the Red Queen, the villain uh, of the story. Yeah, I'll get okay. All right. Yeah, which that fact was interesting to me because I did not put two and two together. I 
now it I see it clearly like it's totally an Alice in Wonderland type vibe but yeah yeah, I I definitely did not put that together no sure didn't (laughs) um the use of the song I got five on it appears to resonate with the main theme of the film it tells of two guys each chipping in five dollars to buy a ten dollar bag of weed which like the scissors and the repetition of the number 11 within the film is a combination of two things creating one whole just like the tethered themselves which I thought was pretty cool. I didn't think of that. <laughs> Which the tethered are the doppelgangers. Yes, the tethered are the doppelgangers. Yes. So there are literally so many references to other movies in this film, another one being Jaws, and every single small detail in this movie has a deeper meaning. Like, as I was going through all of the fun facts, like, there are endless amounts of connections and references. Like, it's insane. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just, I love that there was so much thought put into literally every small detail of the movie. It's very appreciative. And then, so on, I don't know how many y'all are into dancing, but on Dancing with the Stars this year for Halloween week, there was a couple who did a dance inspired by us. And it was absolutely incredible. The best dance of the entire season without question. And most other people agree. I don't watch that anymore. <laughs> I'll send you the clip of it. Oh. Um, it's it's seriously amazing. And this same couple won the entire competition this past Monday. Oh. Um, you can find it on the Dancing with the Stars YouTube channel. It's Iman Shumpert's Contemporary Dance on Horror Night. This dance encapsulated the feeling of the film perfectly. And Daniela, the pro dancer who choreographed it, like, she should seriously get an Emmy for this dance. Like, it was amazing. I'll send it to you. Okay. And lastly, to sum this up, apparently Jordan Peele is coming out with another film next year. On IMDb, it's under the title Nope. (laughs) Ah, Nice. Anything he releases, I'm going to the midnight premiere without hesitation now. Like, no question. I will literally fly to Galva and go see it midnight premiere with you. Like, (laughs) no question. (laughs) I don't know if they do midnight premieres around here much anymore. What's the hell? I think we would have to go to like the Quad Cities or Peoria. <clears throat> I don't think y'all it. it. <laughs> worth it. 100% worth it. Worth it. <laughs> but yeah, that is it for me. Okay. <laughs> Definitely worth the watch if you haven't watched us. I know. 100% worth it. Uh, Mandy doesn't really watch horror films. Uh, Mr. Aubrey, if you're listening, I know you don't usually watch horror films, but this is a good one. So do it. Just. It. it is a good one but when you watch it have an open mind you have to have an open mind because it is gonna look really really weird to people who don't have an open mind <laughs> yeah. just a just a little bit yeah <laughs> well cool good awesome thanks yeah. for that so now i'm gonna tie in to doppelgangers in general um so i don't know if you knew this or not but the word doppelganger is actually german because if you really see, yeah if you see it spelled out it's got like the little like uh little dots yeah so it's yeah. like it's actually supposed to be like doppelganger you know anyway ah, okay so, I can hear that. yeah the meaning is actually like double goer or double walker mm-hmm. so basically like previously stated they are double of you or an extreme lookalike unrelated of course there's even yes. a couple episodes in uh the tv show hi i'm at your mother portray everyone trying to find like all the main characters are trying to find their doppelgangers i remember that yeah (laughs) like lily is a stripper (laughs) yep yeah oh man that's funny but uh to go from 
like fun, happy to um, not so happy. <laughs> if you meet your doppelganger, it's a sign that you're pretty much going to die soon. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> which, which kind of follows along more with the, the thinking of that a doppelganger is an apparition or a double walker of a living person, not just a person who looks like someone, but a reflection or spectral duplicate of you. Huh. Mm-hmm. So a very famous doppelganger sighting was one in the case of President Abraham Lincoln, who allegedly claimed he saw a double reflection of himself in the mirror uh, with his face appearing in two separate and distinct images. The second face, though, was distinctly paler and more sickly looking than his actual reflection. He allegedly shared this haunting experience with his wife, which we know she was uh, uh, interested in all that, like, occulty type stuff because she... Yeah, because they did a, um, one of my episodes, I talk about it. She actually, when I talk about seances, she actually had people come to the White House, like um, uh, someone who could do a seance after their son died. Yo! So it was actually a seance that was done at the White House before. Yo, so. I knew. I've always been fascinated with Lincoln, and that just made it so much cooler. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but the wife, she was now said to be very worried, thinking that she believed that the paleness of Half the dual image was a bad omen, which meant that Lincoln would serve his first would, which meant that Lincoln would serve his first full term, but would not live to finish his second. (gasps) Yeah, tragically, this proved to be true, obviously. Uh, Whether that reported doppelganger sighting was a warning or a premonition is up for debate, but honestly, it's still, you know, creepy as fuck. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So now we're going to move on to a very eerie, one of the most eerie cases i guess of a doppelganger that's been i don't know if you go to google it's like one of the top ones that comes up um and the person's name is emily and it's s-a-g-e-e like two e like yeah the two e's at the end i'm not sure so we're just gonna call her emily sage because that sounds fine so (laughs) her story was first told by robert dale owen in 1860 in his book called footfalls on the boundary of another world uh, he himself heard the story from Julie von Guldenstube, daughter of Baron von Guldenstube, <laughs> who, mm. attended, yeah, who attended the elite boarding school. Um, let's see if I can say this correctly. Pensonat von Neuveckel in the year 1845, which is in present day Latvia. So okay. this is actually the school that Emily Sage was uh, employed at. Mm. So... She was 32 years old at this point. She was an attractive, smart, and, and generally you know, well-liked by the students and staff of the school. However, curiously, she had already been employed in 18 different schools in the past 16 years. Um, this von Neuveckel being her 19th workplace. It's a lot of schools in that many years. Yeah. So slowly, it kind of started becoming clear why Emily couldn't keep her position in any of the jobs for, you know, very long. She had a doppelganger, a ghostly twin. that would make itself visible to others at random moments. So the first, yeah, the first time it was spotted was when she had been teaching a class of 17 girls. She had been normally writing on the board, uh, her back facing the girls, when out of nowhere, a a projection-like entity that looked just like her, appeared. What's that? No! Yeah, it stood right beside her, mocking her by imitating her movements. Bruh. 
While everyone else in the class could see this doppelganger, Emily herself could. So, in fact, she never really, she never came across her twin, which was just as well for her, you know, she really didn't need to, but, you know, it's so creepy, you know, there's a twin out there, but you can't Dude, see them. That's it's, terrifying. Yeah, because, you know, it's considered to be an extremely bad omen to see your doppelganger, and then this is in German, so it, she didn't want to see it. She's like, right. Mm-mm. No, like y'all can see it, but I don't want to see it because I'm going to fucking die. <laughs> mm-hmm. So since the first sighting, Emily's apparent twin was spotted quite frequently by others at the school. She was seen sitting beside the real Emily, eating silently, imitating Emily while she did her everyday work, sitting in a classroom while Emily taught. One time, as Emily was helping one of the students, the doppelganger appeared. The student as she looked down to suddenly find two Emilys fixing her dress, fainted, like, instantly. (laughs) (laughs) The most talked about sighting of Emily was when uh, she was seen gardening by a full class of 42 girls who were learning to sew. When the supervisor of the class walked out for a bit, Emily walked in and sat down in her place. The students didn't think much of it until one of them pointed out that Emily was still gardening. Like, but yet sitting in front of so they could see clearly one was outside That's gardening, so one was weird. sitting in front. <laughs> yeah. But uh, apparently, I mean, it, it was, te- they must have been terrified by the other Emily in the, mo- in the room, but some of them were actually brave enough, like the girls, to go up and touch the doppelganger. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what they found was that their hands could go through her, only sensing what seemed like a bulk of like cobweb. So Ugh. yeah, the real Emily was out gardening. The other one, the doppelganger, was in pretending to be in class, but yet wasn't there. I don't. That's really the sensation that they're describing, like just going through cobwebs, is not along the lines of you know someone seeing like a ghost or an apparition like you just feel cold and you usually walk right through yeah. it yeah the sense that you're actually like feeling something and be- feeling something yeah weird as hell man so that? i know it's so weird when asked about this emily herself was you know just kind of at a loss she had never seen this twin of her still who had been ruining her life because she'd been appearing and then scaring people and yeah she had no control over it uh, because of this ethereal entity, she had been asked to leave all of her previous jobs. So this is kind of why she had so many. is because they just asked yeah. her. <laughs> so, yeah. Even this job of her seemed to be... Uh, e- yeah, Even this one seemed to be in jeopardy because seeing two Emilys at once was naturally freaking people out. Many parents had started talk, uh, taking their children out of the institution and reluctantly the principal had to let Emily go despite her diligent nature and capabilities as a teacher. So it's like, we don't give a shit that you're good at your job. Seeing two of you is freaking everybody out. Okay, bye. Damn, that sucks, dude. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking stupid. Um, there's very few explanations for Emily's doppelganger because of the bizarre nature of it all. Actual cases of doppelgangers are quite rare in history, as I couldn't find a whole lot. Uh, and Emily's story is probably the creepiest one of them all, just because of the details that we actually have about it. It was heard that while Emily's doppelganger made itself visible, the actual Emily appeared very worn out and lethargic, as if the duplicate was part of her spirit that had broken free. Hmm. 
And when it disappeared, just all of a sudden she was back to normal. Like she was fine. That's so weird. I have never heard anything like this before. Mm-hmm. Um, after the incident at the garden, Emily had said that she had had an urge to go inside the classroom to supervise the kids herself, but hadn't actually done it. So this indicates the doppelganger perhaps had a reflection of the kind of teacher Emily wanted to be doing multiple tasks at once. Uh, some people have a theory that this doppelganger comes out to do the tasks that Emily herself was doing in an alternate universe where she had made a choice yeah. different from the real world. So it was like a reflection of, you know, like, yes. yeah, that's, that's what I think of when I'm thinking of this. I'm like, maybe this woman has like some type of like really strong, like psychic capabilities where she can like travel through universes and that's mm-hmm. what this is doing. Mm-hmm. I don't Which know what they say sometimes is what a doppelganger is. It's, it's yourself, but in another timeline, you know? Yeah. So that was a quick one of that. And so y'all know I'm kind of like addicted to finding all of these like paranormal games now, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I found... We should make it a thing, like the paranormal game of the week. <laughs> yeah, I know. Hell yeah. <laughs> like, there just has to be. So I found another one that closely relates to the subject of doppelgangers. Well, actually, I kind of found two. But one is not as like scary as the other. But anyways, so... You're going to consider this a guide to the ritual of sorts for your activities to do this. Um, yeah. So there, when doing this one, there's two main entities to be wary of. Um, I forget where I found this one at. It might have been a Reddit one. I can't remember. So I'm just reading their actual like notes from doing the ritual themselves. I didn't yeah. like reword anything. This is all their wording, not mine. So, you know, I copied and pasted, you know, like you're not supposed to do, but you know, we're not in school anymore. And I'm saying <laughs> it's not mine. Like I'm not owning this. So exactly. So the two to be wary of is your own doppelganger and what they call him. Okay. <laughs> I'm already nope. scared. I no one really knows who he is. Some people believe he is just a watcher from personal experience. I know him as more of a ritual master, break any rules and you can consider yourself dead meat. <laughs> so first find a room completely concealed in shadow if there's a single gleam of light in this room it won't work so it will go terribly wrong you'll have no chance to escape your doppelganger you need to get like a shadowed dark room after you've found a suitable room begin crafting the ritual circle so you take salt spread it in a circle like you do in most rituals in the middle place googly eyes not sure why don't ask me this what? is what they said yeah <laughs> i know that sounds i know that sounds weird but it can be extremely unnerving you're sitting in a circle with googly eyes like how um yeah it's unnerving <laughs> um then this is where it gets you know so fun after that you're supposed to cut open a finger with a steak knife it must be a steak knife i'm not sure why oh. just because they're sharper so yeah, you have to you have to use your own blood, which makes this a very it's blood work. Blood work and rituals is like Yeah. Fucked up, man. Like you gotta like be on some serious shit to do blood work. That's like I, black I magic not, type shit. I am not to that point in any of my practices. I don't do any blood good. Work. <laughs> so has to be a steak knife. If you break this rule, there's no chance for you. So sorry. They keep like 
pushing that as a fact. Like you just, you're done. <laughs> you mess how up, they, you die. How they know that for sure is beyond me. So yeah. <clears throat> okay. After that, leave the room. Um, allow. Okay. After you have, don't that. What does that mean? After you have, don't that. I don't know. Leave the room. Uh, allow light to shine on the ritual circle. Then open and close the door five times. When you open it again, the circle will be gone. Hmm. <laughs> the, how all of a sudden the circle of salt goes away is beyond me. So, anyways. They go, the next thing in their thing is, is, I know this probably won't be too much of a problem, but do not enter this area. Um, if you enter the area or the closet that this area, because a lot of times people do this in a closet because, you know, that's usually a space that's shrouded in shadow and darkness and has no light. Yeah. If you do enter, you'll never really be able to come out. Oh. Yeah. So, um, you're supposed to walk down or go to wherever your living room is after this without not, you know, don't go into the other space. And your doppelganger will be repeating your nightly routine. So all of a sudden your doppelganger will have appeared. Follow, oh, hell no. Follow the doppelganger closely. Make sure that you have sour milk. I'm not sure why. If the doppelganger does anything different from your routine, pour the milk on it. Like on this doppelganger. And the ritual will be over. Apparently the sour milk just like ends it somehow. I'm not sure how. Um, if you pour the sour milk on the doppelganger and if the doppelganger has been doing your nightly routine as it should be, the ritual master will retaliate. <laughs> the him. Yes. So after the doppelganger finishes the routine, it should then just disappear without any like hesitation or anything. Um... You cannot allow the doppelganger to reach your bedroom. You must pour sour milk in your doorway to prevent this. However, after five minutes, the effects will stop. Check your doorway every five minutes to pour the sour milk on. However, do not let the doppelganger find you. It will copy your movements. So <laughs> when it is done, it will head for your bedroom. Like I said, do not let it find you. So how... This is just crazy that you're supposed to be able to follow this thing around, but not let it see you. Yeah, that's really, really scary. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> and um, the fact that you're not supposed to let it reach the bedroom, that's kind of impossible because my nightly routine is in my bedroom. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand that part. <laughs> I don't know. If you do see the doppelganger up close or closer, do not look it directly in its eyes. It will be yes. probably, yeah, it'll probably be the last thing that you do. <laughs> and please check the door. They keep saying check the door. Do not let it fully open fully. If it does, he will find you as in the master, not your right. doppelganger. Keep the door closed where the ritual is happening or where that circle is. If the door opens fully, you have one chance. As soon as the door opens, you will have a 10-second window to run out of the house. <laughs> yep. Yep. 10 seconds. Get your fucking ass out. Go. Oh. <laughs> I don't know that I could run. Maybe within 10 seconds, because my house isn't that big. I might be able to run within your 10 seconds. Your house is long, though. I know. If I'm back here by my bedroom, <laughs> though, like, I have to go to the front door, but then you got to unlock it. You know, yeah, unlock the one door, unlock the other door, and it's like, how the fuck am I going to get out in 10 seconds? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, you've got to yeet yourself. My front door is like my the house I'm living in right now is like pretty small, like the main area. So yeah, I could do that easily. You're like going across an entire mile to get to your front door. <laughs> you know. So if you do not escape the house in time, you may have enough time to write a goodbye note. If not, you know, you're mine. But at least your family will have closure. <laughs> what the? No. That's what this says. I know. It's telling you to write a suicide note. Oh my not a su- god! Not a suicide, just a goodbye. Pretty fucking much. <laughs> oh my no. god! Yeah, no, this one's just this one was just crazy. I had to do this because it was just so weird and out there. I was just like, me, whatever. I'm so- going to have nightmares now. <laughs> you said I know I the other ones. It's fun. Ah. Um, <laughs> Now, at some points during the ritual, you may hear the voice of your family behind you. Don't turn around. Nope. Okay. <laughs> there is something else behind you. It's not your family. Oh, it's my copy- God. It's copying the voice of your loved ones. It will try to use your weakness uh, to get you to look at it. So be strong and just don't do it. Like a freaking skinwalker? Kind of, yeah. Uh, I mean, it is a double walker. You know. Oh my god. <laughs> you may also end up hearing screams of other people. Don't pay attention to them. You will allow angry spirits to corrupt your mind if you do. And you may do bad things. So just ignore it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so now at this point you may be wondering why all these things happen. To put it plainly, these spirits the the spirits that are called upon with this ritual they kind of just they, they want you to like die <laughs> they want you to like maybe die because <laughs> they want your doppelganger to become you dude that's not okay <laughs> yeah they want nothing but to ruin things for you don't let them you know you won't be the only one who dies basically if you let your doppelganger become you it's like mm, you're kind of doing a death sentence to a lot of people that you know so yeah god if you, I know. If you have survived an hour of this, run to your room. Turn on the room lights. If you successfully made it to your room, you have completed the ritual. No one really knows what your reward is other than not fucking dying. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> your reward is your life, okay? I mean, yeah. But I believe that you ha- are sworn to secrecy by the ritual master to know what exactly your reward is i don't know even though you've survived the ritual it may not be completely over the spirits may still try to get to you if you hear something in your bathroom do not look don't even open your eyes it's just your doppelganger still kind of hanging around (laughs) okay don't let it get the satisfaction of taking over your body don't let it kill you if you broke any of the rules but are still alive then you're not done the game's not over (laughs) This last, (laughs) the last few sentences of this are, kiss goodbye to your family and everyone you ever loved. You will disappear exactly one month after the ritual at the exact time you started. What the (laughs) heck, dude? Oh my gosh. I know. This (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. So uh, you have one more game or, you know, ritual as you will. That's just basically going to kind of go over the same not the same stuff but it's another ritual type thing and it's just like you know the play-by-play of how to do it there's nothing like super crazy about it but i just thought it was kind of interesting because it's kind of like an occult twin is what it's essentially saying so you need one player the requirements for this are and 
To be exact, you need seven strands of your own hair, seven clippings of your own fingernails or toenails, you know, you choose, whatever tickles your fancy, <laughs> one lime, nail, nail scissors or clippers, obviously, to clip your nails, um, a paring knife or other small kitchen knife, a cutting board is optional but recommended, one piece of white cloth, and access to an outdoor space near your own home. So, preparations, you can begin at any time. This one's not like one that you have to start at midnight or anything like that. You can do this whenever the fuck you want. Get all your shit together, spread the cloth out in front of you, pluck your seven strands of hair from your head, and lay them across the center of the cloth. Clip the seven clippings, lay them on the cloth with the strands of hair, roll the cloth up tightly, just to ensure that none of this is going to escape from the rolled cloth. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. With your knife and cutting board, you're supposed to slice the lime in half, one at a time. Squeeze the two halves of the lime over the bundle of cloth until it's completely soaked. So now this is the part where we're going to be placing this bundle that you have made. So take to your outdoor space if you're choosing. Place the bundle somewhere within this outdoor space where it is out of sight and unlikely to be disturbed. You do need you do not need to bury it. But just make sure it's hidden well. But you still need to be able to see it from your house. Um, ideally, tuck it beneath a bush or a shrub or hide it. And then kind of near a fence is what they suggest. Wait, so you're supposed to hide it, but you have to also see it? Like, see the space where you hide it. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. okay. Like, you don't need to actually still see the cloth, but you need to be able to see the space in which you are you choosing to place it. You know? Okay. I got you. Yeah. Um, most importantly... Make sure you are not seen while doing this. So no one else should be able to see you doing this. So then return inside and you're supposed to wait. Live your life as usual. Count the nights as they go by as you are supposed to be doing seven nights. And this is including the night you prepared and placed your bundle of cloth. Wait, be ready. So now we're on to the part of meeting your twin. So after the seven nights, this is supposed to be the eighth night that you need to watch. Stay alert. Be aware. Sometime during this night, your occult twin will appear to you. They may appear at any time and at any location, but usually near this cloth. Regardless as to when or where they appear, however, they will always appear to be mimicking something you have already done or copying what you are currently doing. Bruh. <laughs> Do not approach them, but observe them carefully. Make note of their actions. Like, you, you want to have a pen and paper, like, to write down exactly what they're doing. After, after seven minutes, your occult twin will vanish. Once your occult twin has departed, retrieve the cloth bundle from its hiding place, burn it to ashes, and dispose of the remains. If you're unable to burn the cloth itself, you may unroll the cloth, burn the hair and nail clippings to ashes, and then dispose of the ashes in the cloth however you see it. Or however you see fit. Now consider the actions you witnessed your occult twin performing. Uh, what does it tell you about yourself, basically? Like, did you learn something? If you have not, well, there's... If you didn't learn anything about, like, yourself, then it's saying that that's bad, and there's really no helping you. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> this, like I told you, this, was, this was not as scary as some of the other ones, but then here are the oh. concerning... Uh, or these are concerning all the requirements that were talked about at the beginning of this. So, 
for the lime, for the best results, you're supposed to use a muckroot lime. No idea what kind of lime that is. Yeah. So if they are unavailable to you, you may use any other variety of lime uh, you were able to obtain. Do not use a lemon, orange, or other citrus fruits besides a lime, though. Obviously, I guess that'll make something else bad happen. I don't know. Or it won't work. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The cloth, it may be of any size or any material. The only non-negotiable details are that it be large enough to hold the hair and nail clippings when rolled up and that it is white. It must be solid white. No other colors or dyes present. A plain white handkerchief is ideal. So the scissors or the clippers. Uh, the use of the clippers is optional, but recommended. Should you choose to include them, use them in the step four to create the required nail clippings. However, if you choose not to use the clippers, you may also create these nail clippings in any other manner you wish. It says, for example, by chewing or biting your nails. You know, however you need to get them off. Okay. <laughs> Now concerning the outdoor space, this must be located around your home. Ideally, it should be a garden with a fence. If a garden with a fence is not available to you, any outdoor space near your home home will do as long as A, there is at least something green growing within it, and B, it is possible to hide your cloth bundle in it without the danger of it being disturbed by anybody else. Like, I wouldn't put it where, like, you and a neighbor shares a shrub line or something like that you know right so as many sources note it is not necessary to fast during the waiting period between placing your bundle and meeting your occult twin you may eat and drink as usual however some alternate methods for summoning your occult twin do involve fasting if the method described here does not prove to be effective for you you may attempt one of these alternative methods if you see or if you wish um According to most sources, your occult twin is only visible to you yourself. However, some sources include reports of others, family members, etc., witnessing an occult twin. These others do not appear to have been put in any danger or to have stuffed and stuffed, <laughs> suffered, wow, and ill, suffered any ill effects as a result of witnessing the occult twin. However, they did experience some confusion, seemingly having witnessed the same person in two places at once. I mean, that's normal. Just a little bit. (laughs) So now the last little bit is regarding the actions of your occult twin. If you witness your occult twin performing not actions you performed in the past or actions you were performing at that time that you see them, but rather actions you have never performed in your life, beware. You have not summoned your occult twin. You've summoned something else. And it is likely not friendly. (sighs) And that's it. That's all it says in that game. (laughs) Oh my god. They're not like really like creepy, but it's or not scary, but they are a little they have a creep factor to them. That's terrifying. I mean, just slightly, it's fine. I was that entire time I was picturing it because I have this like really big creepy tree in the backyard here and so I was like picturing putting it like behind that tree mm-hmm. and then like picturing seeing my twin out there by the tree I was like oh hell no I'm definitely having nightmares <laughs> nope. I mean it happens I do know oh. side note that when I was doing research on games and stuff like that 
there's um an app you can download i guess that does like a picture scan thing to find your occult or not your occult but find your doppelganger uh like through the internet yes oh dude we should do that Mm. wait we would find each other shit (laughs) (laughs) quite possible (laughs) so yeah that's all i had damn this is a, it's it's a little bit of a shorter episode. It's like just over an hour. See, so we're getting there. We're coming back down. I mean, I like it. I I thought it was good information. Your stories were absolutely terrifying. I think, like, there's something so terrifying about like the idea of like your shadow twin or like your evil self or like your like another side of you. Like, it's so scary to me. It is quite freaky. Huh. <laughs> I don't like it. hopefully you all enjoyed it all five of you who listened because we've only had five plays on the last episode so we gotta do something about getting more people to listen gosh dang it people get your (laughs) shit together (laughs) you need to like start promoting it on your instagram more i know i know you were taking a break i hate posting stuff (laughs) but this is for our podcast so it's i know i know so anyway (laughs) hopefully you all enjoyed this one we will have another fun one hopefully next week for you uh side note don't play the games to meet your occult twin or doppelganger because it's probably not a good thing um so yeah but if you do let us know (laughs) yes yes (laughs) all right that's all we've got so try not to have a shit-tastic day Bye. bye